So, I want to just tell you something. A little, a little memory, down memory lane of Tom Hartman. When I was a kid, our family on my mom's side, and mom's not with us this morning, she's not feeling well, um, so keep her in your prayers. But on mom's side, there was always the tradition of gathering the Sunday before Christmas every year. We always went to Aunt Barb's and Aunt Lenny's, and Aunt, Aunt Lenny's husband passed away before I could even remember. I don't even know if I was born when he passed away. I really don't know that timeline of that. But well, these two sisters moved in together, so to me it was always Aunt Barb's and Aunt Lenny's house. They lived up in Fort Wayne in a house that looks very much like the one my son Stephen bought. I have a lot of good memories of celebrating Christmas with them. One year, Aunt Barb and Aunt Lenny attached a dollar bill. Now, this was a long time ago, so a dollar bill was significant to a kid. A dollar bill to a candy cane with each of our, our names on it. We could go to the, the Christmas tree. They had them on the Christmas tree. You could go to the Christmas tree and get your candy cane with a dollar bill uh, rubber banded to the candy cane. That was fantastic. Another time they made each of us kids a Christmas bulb and that had our names on them. It was all glitter and it said Tom on it. And I, I know that we took them home and it, it had been on our tree many years after that. I don't know if it even exists anymore. I suppose uh, it, it may. I haven't seen it. Um, I, uh, I had fun playing with my cousins. We always had a lot to eat. I remember eating so much one time that I could hardly breathe. I just laid on the sofa afterwards while football was playing. Could hardly breathe. Now that's, I wish I could say I learned my lesson, but I've probably done that a time or two since then. Um, not, not recommended. But one holiday tradition that we almost always got to watch the old cartoon version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I, I've grown older now and it was not the, the, it, that particular one. Uh, we, would, we would watch it. It was right at the end and for some reason every Christmas Sunday, Sunday before Christmas, that played, and it was usually on right before we left Aunt Barb and Aunt Lenny's. So we usually got to stay long enough to watch it. And so now that I've grown older, maybe not much more mature, but Kim and I have our own tradition. Every year we have a handful of Christmas movies that we watch, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas is one of those of our favorites. Not the old cartoon version, but the, the year 2000 Jim Carrey version, the, Ron, the one that Ron Howard directed, you know, Opie Taylor, uh, little Ronnie Howard and Andy Griffith, and, and now he's a big time director. And that's the one that we, we really like. So after recently watching it again, I got to thinking, did the Grinch really steal Christmas? 
What does that look like today? Are there any parallels to our modern Christmases and to this year 2003? I mean, the book, in the title of the book, it clearly states how the Grinch stole Christmas. It's a very definitive statement. But you know, I don't think he really did. I know that it's been said, well, he stole it, but he gave it back. But did he really? Did he really steal it? I believe the Grinch had an incorrect understanding of Christmas. Understanding Christmas this is our first topic. If my math is right, the Christian church has been celebrating Christmas for, I believe, around 2056 years. It's 2023, and the calendar rebooted after death, A.D. So we add the 33 years that Jesus was on earth with us before his resurrection, and you get... 2023 plus 33, 2056. I, I'm no mathematician, but that seems to make sense to me. It's true that that first Christmas had a small group of earthly celebrators with just a few shepherds, some livestock, Mary and Joseph, just a handful of people. But all of the heavenly hosts knew what was going on. The angels were making the proclamation, this is the Christ child. They were telling the shepherds there were heralds being sung on behalf of this Christ child. We find in Luke chapter 2, verses, starting with verse 4, and it says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, in Bethlehem the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy to all the people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that was happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. You see, we need Christ 
to put real meaning in Christmas. But we have but have we lost the realization of what Christmas really is, that understanding of what Christmas really is? Sorry to say that our world today, Jesus is often pushed out of Christmas for some other line of thinking. Luke 2 tells us, lets us, lets us know that Christmas is the celebration of the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus was dropped right into the middle of human history. We had had 4,000 years before that and then Jesus comes in the form of a baby, dropped right into human history. He came at a time when everybody was busy, just like now. Everybody's busy. Oh, you're retired? You're still busy. You don't know how you had time to work, right? I've heard that a thousand times. Luke 2, 10 through 11. I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. A Savior has been born to you. At Christmas, God acted to save all people by giving Jesus to save. And that is, my friends, the ultimate Christmas gift. From the child to the cross. The ultimate Christmas gift is our Christ child. The Messiah is in the form of a baby. That's what Christmas is about. At Christmas time we hear a lot of talk about love, happiness, joy. Our world, like the Grinch, gets things a little discombobulated, which is a word they use in the Jim Carrey movie. Discombobulated. This is the time of year that we see heartwarming television specials, all of which center around attitudes of kindness and of love and of sacrifice. I mean, how many Hallmark movies can they make? The new one every year, if there's not ten. Maybe you're like Kim and I and you have a group of Christmas movies that you just have to watch every year. These stories always warm our hearts and often cause us to remember the less fortunate among us. And I'm a, I'm a crier when I watch a movie, so most of the time I'm sniffling at some of the spots and Kim looks over and the boys used to when they were at home. Is dad crying? Yeah, he's crying. Even Charles Dickens in his story, A Christmas Carol, emphasized the less fortunate. And history remembers him as a giver to the poor. Have you ever noticed that in these stories, everything always works out in the end? Somehow the magic of the season works a miracle, and everyone ends up happy. Isn't that how life really works? Oh, I, I thought it might have. Is this what Christmas is about? Many believe that it is. But maybe Christmas, though, doesn't come from a movie or television. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, is God's provision. Christmas is a time for sharing joy, happiness, and goodwill towards all. But Christmas is more than just those emotions. More than doing good deeds more than exchanging presents, more than all those feelings that can leave us empty after Christmas. You know, the presents have been passed out, the meals have all been eaten, and the family has all gone their separate ways. Now, being a new grandpa, this, this, I, 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 
I ran into this story that struck a chord with me. And it's about a grandfather who found his grandson jumping up and down in his playpen, crying at the top of his voice. So that really, really speaks to me. Especially with this part. When Johnny saw his grandfather, he reached up his little chubby hands and said, Out, Papa, out. Now that one would get me. It was only natural for the grandfather to reach down and lift him out. But as he started to do so, the mother of the child stepped up and said, No, Johnny, you're being punished, so you must stay in. Well, the grandfather was at a loss of what to do. The child's tears, the chubby little hands, reaching deep into the grandfather's heart. But the mother's firmness in correcting her son must not be taken lightly. But the grandfather found a way. The grandfather could not take the grandson out of the playpen, so he climbed into the playpen. You know, this is what God did for us at Christmas. He climbed in with us. He climbed right in with us. Matthew 1.23 Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Christmas is about. He came into the playpen with us. He got right here with us. God's provision for us is found in God's free gift of salvation. We who were once far away, having been brought near, we who were lost are now found. We who were without hope have been promised heaven. We who deserve nothing have been given everything in Christ. Christmas is about giving, but only because of the great gift that was given us. God giving His very best for us, He gave Himself. For it's out of that that we find what we really need. But there are many people on this earth who have no Christian belief, and therefore to no belief in Jesus. So why do they celebrate Christmas? Why does someone who has never known about Jesus celebrate Christmas? Why do they seem to either have or not have the spirit of Christmas? Let's look back at the Grinch's story and see if we can understand Christmas spirit. In the book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, it says, Everyone down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head was, wasn't screwed on just right. I've met those guys. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think that most likely the reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. I would venture to guess that most of us have seen the old cartoon version or the Jim Carrey movie or even the latest 2018 version of the animated Grinch story. Some of you may have seen them all, guilty as charged. For those of you who don't know, the Grinch is one of the, those marvelous silly Doctor Who's creations. The Grinch attempts to ruin Christmas in the local town by making off with the paraphernalia 
which he believes makes up Christmas. Things like the presents, the food, the wrappings, even the logs for the fires in the fireplace. More than just a children's storybook, the story of the Grinch has much more to teach us as adults. It teaches us that some people hate Christmas. Hate's a strong word, and yet there are some people just like the Grinch. They hate Christmas because all they see is rampant consumerism and gluttony. Like when I ate so much I couldn't breathe. They resent sending Christmas cards to people that they don't even normally talk to. I suspect that they feel this way because they have a limited understanding of the true meaning of Christmas. These people hide behind the empty chorus of peace on earth and goodwill towards men and when they don't see that kind of peace, which we don't in our world today, when they can't find that peace, they decide to hate the whole thing. They have to. They have to hate it. I have a clip <coughs> that I want to play for you. And it's, it's kind of set in the point where little Mary Lou Who is trying to convince the Grinch that there's reason for hope in Christmas. Mr. Grinch, I came to invite you to be holiday cheermeister. Uh, holiday who be what? Cheermeister. Eh? Cheer my celebrate with friends. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I know you hate Christmas, but what if it's all just a misunderstanding? Don't care. I mean, I myself am having some Yuletide doubts. But maybe if you can reunite with the Who's and be a part of Christmas. Maybe if you can reunite with the Who's and be a part of Christmas. Grow up! Then maybe it'll be all right for me, too. I'm sorry, your session is over. Please make another appointment with the receptionist on the way out. Bria, please, you have to accept the award. <laughs> award? You never mentioned an award. Yeah, with a trophy and everything. And I won. You won! That means I will lose I guess. So if you come down for a I like it. Was anyone emotionally shattered? Come on, a minute ago I couldn't shut you up. Details, details. Well, the mayor wasn't happy. Oh, no. Martha May will be there. Oh, she will? Mm hmm. And she'll see me, a winner. She'll be on me like flegal flies on a flat-faced flugel horse. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, Martha, baby, but the G-Train has left the station! So will you come? Oh, all right. <laughs> I don't know if it's that adorable twinkle in your eye or that non-conformist streak that reminds me of a younger, less hairy me, but you've convinced me. Who knows? This jubilation could change my entire outlook on life! Really? No. Now I know you're going to all want to go out and watch the movie, right? The Grinch hated Christmas. 
and nothing that she could say changed that. Hatred can bear bitter roots. It can prevent people from attaining their true God-given potential. They become consumed with hate, which has taken root. King Herod was such a person that was consumed like that. When Herod heard about the birth of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, he became consumed with hatred towards someone he had never even met. Hatred, if left unattended, can affect everything around it. Herod failed to see the true meaning of Christmas and saw it as a threat to his fragile kingdom. His rage caused the meaningless death of all, death of all the male children under two born in Bethlehem. These are the holy innocents who the Jewish people remember on the 28th of December. It's a feast of the holy innocents. When they remember those killed by King Herod in his search for baby Jesus, but baby Jesus had escaped to Egypt with his family. The Grinch hated just as Herod hated, just as many hate, through not understanding. Herod just saw Christ not as salvation, but as a political threat. The Grinch saw Christmas simply as jolly folly for the people of Whoville. Many see Christmas as an empty seasonal festival, devoid of all spirituality and the mystery of the Incarnation. The message of the angels to the shepherds on the hillside was not supposed to be an empty token of gesture. It was a joyful outpouring of God's love for us all. A love that spills from Christ out to each of us and has the potential to infect everyone and infect us for good. It can infect us for good. But still the Grinch in this scene remained unmoved by this good news. And later on we see that he says, they're hanging their stockings, he snarled with a sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas, it's practically here. Then he growled with his Grinch fingers nervously drumming. I must find a way to stop Christmas from coming. So the Grinch decided to play this cruel trick on the people of Whoville and he planned to steal their Christmas lock, stock and barrel. To play sort of a perverse reverse Santa Claus and come down the chimney to take all the food and the presents and leave them with nothing. Does that ever happen to us? Oh, maybe not in the same way, but we find our Christmas is stolen from us. We may have families that force themselves to get together without resolving differences. I've heard too many times of dysfunctional family situations. Different parents split from homes or different grandparents vying for attention by giving their biggest and best presents. We can get so wrapped up in the unwrapping of presents, the cooking of turkeys, and trying to be nice to Aunt Marie, Maureen, once a year that we allow the real Christmas to be stolen away from underneath our noses. We often look at the event rather than the cause of the event. The story of the Grinch can teach us that just like the Grinch misunderstood Christmas, some people misunderstand what Christmas is truly about. They misunderstand Christmas. 
I'm sure, I'm sure many of you experienced shopping at Toys R Us. At least we used to. They, I don't know if they're even in business anymore. Or at least taking your kids down the toy aisle at the, at the store. It doesn't take long to realize it's not the most gratifying or even stress-free experience. What's painfully clear is that the shopping centers, the stores, and many of their customers have misunderstood Christmas. They've become so busy with their pursuit of money that even the decorations they display show their ignorance of the season. Jesus has been replaced with Santa, shepherds and sheep with reindeer and elves. Look in the shops for Christmas cards these days and you'd think that the, they managed to totally remove the Christ from Christmas. Santa, snowmen, parties, reindeer. Christmas has become just another spending opportunity. The Grinch, having made off with all the presents from the town of Whoville, thought that he'd ruined Christmas for all of them. He thought that they would be moaning and wailing rather than singing their joyful Christmas songs. He was confident that he succeeded in stealing Christmas. But every Who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presents at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or the other, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. The Grinch shows us that there is still hope, some faith, and a future. He shows us that some people embrace Christmas. The Grinch, in the end, discovered through all of his misunderstanding, his hatred for Christmas, and his attempt to steal it, that there was more to Christmas. It's more to Christmas. Christmas did not necessarily come from a store, but it comes from our hearts. And it comes from our adoration of Jesus Christ, true man and true God. Amid the rumpus of Christmas season, how did Mary Lou Who say it? Doesn't it all seem a little superfluous? Another one of those fun words. With the children fighting and the family arguments ensuing and the aggravation of shopping, ask whether the Grinch is trying to steal your Christmas away. Or maybe it's not the Grinch. Maybe it's someone a little worse. Kim and I had this conversation just last Monday. Yep, Cyber Monday. While trying to order some Christmas gifts, we had trouble with some of the websites. Then trouble with the credit cards. So Kim had to call the credit card people. And we all know what joy talking with a company on the phone can be. Could somebody just give me a real person, please? Kim came into the living room and said something like, you have to really try to remain positive when everything seems to be such a hassle. So as you gather around your family table this year, as you reclaim this Christmas season for Christ, 
Thank God for His goodness in coming down from heaven to show us the way to salvation and uniting you together as a family. As the Grinch discovered, the true Christmas is not made up of presents, wrapping, and turkey, but of love. Show love and tenderness in God. The God who became a man when He came down to earth as our infant, infant Savior. From manger to cross. I thought it would be kind of a good way to close out the, the Sunday morning service is if you would stand and turn to page 169. I'm only going to sing one verse of it. We'll have to do it a cappello. But I think we can. It's a, it's a Christmas hymn, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Most of us know it without the, without the book, but let's, let's sing. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in the dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The hopes and fears of all the years are met on that one blessed night. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for the Christ child and what he represents and what he ends up doing for us 33 years later. We just praise your name for it. In Jesus' name we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.